Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Mia Petway. Welcome to another episode of Me Time Podcast. Today, we are going to have fun. Stay tuned. Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? Listen, I decided that I wanted to do a podcast, and this one is going to be based on the fact that I recently graduated with um, my associates in histotechnician and my bachelor's in psychology. Um, I just want to let y'all know that it's been a long, long time of trying to achieve something that I know is important to me. Um, not so much in you know the job field, but that that adds to it. But it's a personal accomplishment. And one thing that I wanted um, to let my listeners know is that although it seems like okay, yeah, you got your degree, or oh, that's a great accomplishment. Um, nobody really understands the struggle that I had along the way. Um, so I'm going to take this like way back when. Okay, um, when I was a little girl, I was, um, you know, didn't have a stable home. And when I say that, it's because my mom was a single black woman. So, of course, you know, uh, family always lives close in the environment, uh, the environment in the community. Um, you know, I grew up on the east end of Bridgeport and then moved to the east side of Bridgeport, like around my teen years. So my earlier years were always part of the east end. You know, we moved so much that though was part of the witness protection program. And um, my mom always, you know, as single parents did it in the community, uh, they helped each other. You know, family did and uh, community people, everybody looked out for each other. And also growing up in an environment where uh, if you if you were like four blocks away, the kids in the community were known, you know, for blocks away everybody knows who who's like child or grandchild or who you're related to so it's not like you know today you don't know anybody that you live amongst in your community so uh we lived on the east end east side strafford north end um a few times on the north end and um you know, up until the time that I graduated high school. So right before I graduated, my mom had met my stepdad and moved up to the North End. But prior to that, I had lived on the North End, like on Chestnut Street. So I grew up over there. But um, I recall being a good student. You know, although I may have jumped around house to house and family to family, stayed a night because my mom worked a night shift or evening shift, I do recall... Uh, having the best education, which I used to go to McKinley School um, 
for three years, I think I did that from, I think it was like second grade to fifth grade, something like that. And prior to that, I went to Blessed Sacrament from Blessed Sacrament uh, School, Catholic School, from kindergarten to like second and then from fifth to eighth grade, I came back. And um, that was just like right down the street from uh, where we lived or where I stayed because I did stay over there multiple times as well in Easton. And I could tell you that there was such a difference between the public school and parochial school. The kids, uh, they were different. But I also grew up with kids who came from different communities when I went to Blessed uh, Sycamore. They were you know, bust in from all over Bridgeport. So there was always this difference, but um, you didn't play with the parochial school because the the nuns at that time, they, they could discipline you. But actually, when I went to public school, there was a principal named Mr. Tinkler, and he was the Joe Clark of the day. You know, that was Joe Clark, hands down. He had a paddle, nobody said nothing, kids didn't get out of line. Yeah, it was a different time and era. And I, I'm kind of glad that I grew up in that era, you know, respectfully. Uh, when I see Mr. Tinkler later on in life, you know, he had a model. And I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it was to encourage you, you know, to do your best, be your best, you know, things like that. I just don't remember it. Maybe somebody would hear this and say, hey, I remember what that was. Um, so I was a good student. Actually, uh, I remember winning, I believe it was third grade or fourth grade I actually ended up winning black history second place essay or something like that I don't even know what that really meant I don't even know like what I wrote <laughs> I'm sure at that time there was some plagiarism going on but I did it um quiet I was always quiet um love to go outside and play you know tomboyish but go outside and play, but I didn't mind coming inside and, you know, dressing up the doll babies or playing with paper dolls, if anybody remember that. Um, definitely enjoy being a kid. And I think that was like the, the best time of like growing up, being a kid. We, we, we were kids, you know. Today, kids are not kids. They didn't go play. They didn't have the simple things of life. They got it hard straight up out the, out the womb at this point, you know. Um, so yeah, I had a, um, good education, was smart, probably uncertain of myself and shy. I was shy away. People don't believe that at all. You know, sometimes with a little trauma brings on some boldness because you have to protect yourself. But yes, I, w I was very shy. Um, I still can be shy. Um, do I want to be out in front? I prefer not to be. But I can if I need to. Um, on top of that, probably, uh, I think around seventh grade, if I recall. So, you know, maybe around the age of 11, 10, 11, 12. Uh, I was inappropriately touched by a friend of my mom's. Um, not just one time, but multiple times. And I started acting out. Um, I don't think she knew, but I was also that age of being a teenager. So, you know, you have, you have more than one struggle, right? So I had two struggles. 
um, I had two struggles at the same time. And I didn't say anything to this person, to my mom about it. And I just didn't know. I made sure that I never was in that person's company. You know, he's quite fresh and, you know, I won't get into graphic and details and so on. But for a long time, I act out. And then I didn't do well in school. And then I uh, kept going down this hole for a long time, for a long time. High school was a blur. I didn't have the best classes. Um, just, just know that um, if you're in a position of, you know, what I was once before, uh, you had trauma early on in life, it comes out different ways. And for me, it came out with my lack of education. Um, be a little promiscuous as well. But it, you know, that went on for a long time. So I met my husband um, when I was in high school. And that was perfectly fine. Uh, he was a little bit older than me. But we dated. There was no problems and so on. And I can recall, like, once I had kids. And in my mid-20s, maybe, I recall that thing raising up in me. Like, as if it just happened. Like, it was so dormant that I forgot all about it and and so on. And, and I, think, I, I think part of that was the... Um, realizing I have kids and I want to protect them. I think that's really what it came out of. And that brought on me having to face that demon, you know? Which then brought on some issues between me and my husband because he would go out, to, you know, shoot pool or whatever, and he would come in and I would smell alcohol on his breath. So if he came home and he just gave me a kiss, that was such a trigger. Oh, my God, that was a trigger. And um, he couldn't do that. Now, mind you, he had been doing this all along. But now he couldn't do this at all. Like, this would just send me backwards. And he didn't understand. Like, well, I don't understand. Like, you, you this is nothing new. And here... This is this is bothering you. So I had to explain to him, because I had not, up to this point, explained to him what happened. So I did. And then, um, I, might, I mean, this had went on for uh, my teen years up to my... So, you know, you're talking like maybe almost 15 years later, maybe, that this thing kind of rear-headed. So I ended up telling my mom what happened. And she was like, why didn't you tell me? And, you know, as a kid, you're you're fearful. You're 10, 11 years old. You're afraid because we were afraid that of, you know, of being beaten. Um, like we did something wrong. And I told her, I don't know. I really didn't know, you know. She was upset by that and so on. And uh, As those feelings started coming out, I thought of looking for this person. Because um, I wanted to make it right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I say that God had me in a good place at in the best time because I couldn't really remember how to spell this person's name. And I was looking in the white pages. For those who don't remember, we used to have this thing called the phone book. And you had the yellow pages for business and the white pages for residence. So I was looking in the phone book for this person. And I think I was close to remembering, but wasn't sure. 
So I was like, you know, I'm going to leave it alone. I really had to pray about this and I had to heal from that because that took away my innocence of feeling secure when I was already a shy kid and so on. And, and mind you, nothing busty and big like the girls today, you know, just an average young girl. So this person was just really a pervert. Um, I had to deal with, you know, the biggest thing for me, dealing with the fact of I didn't cause it. It's not my fault. And then reflecting back the years and realizing um, some of the anger I had, some of the fights that me and my husband had, uh, a lot of these things were built up, suppressed trauma. And I want to tell you the truth, <laughs> uh, in this journey of getting my psychology degree, it really was a healer for me. And that's that was a big help in me becoming who I am today. You know, I would sit in the classroom and be like, that's what's wrong with me. That's what it is. You know, like, oh, I mean, now I have student loans. I feel like it was just cheaper to sit in a chair. But I sat in a lot of these classrooms relating to trauma or why I behave the way I'm behaving because of that trauma and realizing that so much of what happened in my childhood has consumed me to this very day of adulthood. So at 30, I was trying to find identity and went to go back to challenge this school thing because I did register uh, at the high school at Housatonic and just dropped out i didn't even drop out i just stopped going um and they kept that on file like 30 years later you know it's still there so i decided to go back in one class at a time two class at a time because I, I felt like i lost my identity i'm now everybody's mom um but i i needed to prove that i can make good grades you know and yeah that's kind of easy to do when i was probably younger but now i have um you know, hitting around my 30s, I had three kids, married, working, you know, doing doing life, life coming at you, left, right, whatever the case may be is. And um, I did take classes at Gateway, at Housatonic, and um, I just couldn't get with Housatonic too much, you know. Uh, something about registering classes there, I just never felt at home. So Gateway was easier, and I finished there, I think, in 2009. Mind you, I graduated high school in 1987. So 2009, I graduated with my associates in general studies. Um, from there, I transferred over to University of Bridgeport, where I joined the IDEAL program. And i trying to think the year uh, 2009. Trying to put perspective on it. I think it's 2011. You know, you start to get loose. Like, what year are we in now? About 2011, I stopped going. Um, my stepfather had passed. My sister was going through cancer. My oldest sister was going through breast cancer. She passed. So he passed like in, um, I think it was April. Her husband passed like in, I think maybe April, May. And um, a dear friend died in June. And uh, my sister passed in August. All of the same year. So I think it was 2010, 2011. 
Um, so I had a, I put that on the back burner because I was up and down the road to New York to try to assist her however I can with taking her to appointments or just visiting and so on. Um, until her last breath, I wasn't there at that time. I had went off to take a vacation because it's just like life was really kicking me left and right. But um, I didn't want to see that part because I seen my stepdad take his last breath. And that's not a something that I wanted to see again. It was too much, too much too soon. You know, it's my, it's my big sister. So I stopped going to school. After that, um, I, I, I need to back up for a minute because uh, we take it all the way back to maybe 2004. My mom was sick. So uh, passing out, they couldn't figure it out what it was. So she had just retired. So from the time she retired, like in 2002, three, up until her passing of 2020, my mom continuously was sick with something, just passing out with blood pressure up and down, with diabetes, dialysis, uh, cancer. Uh, she had cancer three times in her life, which that's what she died of. It's really cancer. And it was just a lot going on. So fast forward back to, you know, because I went back to her uh 2002. Uh, so I stopped going to school in 2010 and 11 uh, to take care of my mom. And that was ongoing um, for nine years. Ongoing. Like there was, and I'm working a night shift. So there was like no time, no energy, no nothing on top of me being anemic. <sighs> there was no time to inhale or exhale. It was ongoing. You know, every day was different. Thank God for my job that allowed me for these 17 years to really have FMLA to take care of my mom, you know. So I'm very grateful for my job. But it never allowed me to go back to finish. So when she passed, before she passed, I went to uh, go back to get a certification, uh, take a class for a certification in the job that I've been in for 20 years. And that's my associates and histotechnician. If anybody want to know that what that is, that's when you uh, process in biopsies. You know, people go to the doctor, they have a biopsy, and then it, it goes out to the laboratory. We prepare for the pathologist, and it goes on that way. Well, after she passed, I said, well, it's also time to go back and finish my psychology. I only needed five classes to finish. And I was like, I'm finishing everything I started. And I'm going to do my best. You know, um, being 52 years old, your best when you're 20-something looks different when you're your best at 52. I'm paying for these classes for one. <laughs> and now I had to learn how to write papers and stuff like all over again. It's different. It's different. If you can get that education in soon, get it in sooner than later. So I had to do this, and I dedicate myself to try to get the best grades possible. And I can't tell you how much YouTube was such a help. Khan Academy, uh, Organic Chemistry. There's so many YouTube stations that are helpful because in the midst of me trying to get my degree, the pandemic hit. So everything's online. I like to sit in a traditional classroom face-to-face. So it was a, such a challenge, and I spent some late nights up. Do I have a 3.0? Actually, I do with my uh, Charter Oak. I do have a 
a 3.17 or something like that. And I did this thing called study.com. So for those out there who need a way to go study and you don't have the physical classroom, but I'm going to tell you the modules are long, it's intense, and I feel like I should have just sat in the classroom just to let you know study.com. And uh, to finish up my histotechnician, you know, that was online as well. So that worked out. Uh, I needed one more class, but my mom had passed. And I tried to take that class, but I stayed in the program. And that one class, I just I just gave it up. I couldn't do it. I almost took it twice, I think, because it was just too much, you know, to grieve. But during that process, I had to deal with... My mom died, died in 2020. I had to deal with naysayers. I had to deal with backstabbers. And these were family members. I had to deal with the negativity of people who claim to have loved you. Now don't like you. Many different reasons, you know. Um, and, and it's funny because these are the reasons that people don't come around when you needed help. But they came with their hands out to look for what was there. But my mom, you know, she she did what she did and took care of what she took care of. But there was nothing to, to get. But people believe what they want to believe. So at the end of the day, here I am at 52 years old. I achieved a milestone that took me forever to know that I'm worthy of it. It took me forever to know and understand that what happened to me in my past was not my fault. It was the, a decision of a person who had issues, who was nasty, you know. <laughs> Trying not to say any cuss words. But this, because of someone else made a decision to do something, it cost me almost a lifetime to regain the confidence of being who I am. So my identity, I had to really figure that out outside of raising kids and being somebody's. Who am I? Who am I? So those those degrees, that's great education, but who am I? I just want you to take time to sometimes tell your story because sometimes people don't understand the struggle that you got to get to, go through to get to where you are. Sometimes it'll look like an easy cakewalk, and, but they don't realize that it's just like cookies, flat. No, it's just hard. It's, it's been hard. And this is only part one. Stay tuned for part two. This is part two of telling my story of fighting with my past and becoming my future. So I ended it off the story with really saying how the struggles of my past created a long life journey that had me reassess, evaluate my pure purpose, my pure self-esteem and everything else. And unfortunately, sometimes it's presented because of the structure of your childhood. It rolls over into your adulthood. It rolls over into your parenting, your marriage, and all these other places that are exposed to you or, you know, if you're that person that's hurt or hurting others. So um, it's hard to heal in the midst of being everything else to everybody else. And I can tell you there's just so many years that I've put into and been available and been the one responsible and all these things, all these titles, all these hats, 
and you know yeah it looks like I can manage and I can carry it and I do well but I'm still human and sometimes I'm talking to people who have a past and they're you know they have great struggles um some they can't even tell the extent of what they've been through and they're striving they're doing better than what they used to do what they look like even if you could say that and what I realized um, in those conversations, like you just haven't yet, a, you haven't got there yet. You know, you, you, you'd be like, okay, now you know what the problems are. You know, um, maybe you can put them in a particular box and hold it there. And But it's just, it's really hard to take the mind, you know. You know those those things that you wish that you could remember and you don't? And there's those things that you wish you would forget and you you don't. You remember. You know, I wish I could remember like sometime where I left my keys, but sometimes it just don't happen and I'm just looking not even my keys, actually, my glasses. You know, I'm at that age that I'm putting down glasses and I'm like, doggone it. Now I need glasses to find glasses. Now at some point in time I'm gonna find a pair. Now they may be old, they may be a little foggy when I'm trying to get up out and look for something, but I'm I have a pair. Um, eventually, I will find the pair that I need. <laughs> it, it, it's that that's how that's how life is, you know. Um, we we lose things all the time, and unfortunately, we don't lose those negative memory, those negative memories, and the vibes or the 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 people or the things that or the hurt, the pain that people have done. There's just so much that you don't forget. That we wish we could. You know, if you could zap my brain and remember nothing of that that past, I can only strive towards the future. And it's, it's my fault, right? But no, because that did hold me back for so many years, that is a part of my life. And if you're listening to this, and male or female, and there are some pains and traumas in your life, it is okay to get counseling, male or female. It is very important, actually, to get counseling. It's important to actually uh, be honest with yourself. Sit down and have long, drawn conversations with yourself and be honest. Sometimes you got to write it out on paper. Sometimes you got to journal that. Or sometimes you just got to brainstorm the whole situation to, to even forgive people for what they do to you. And, you know, with that fear of what happened to me, like I said, there's some details I just, I'll keep out. Uh, that fear created me to be fearful of my kids with whoever, whatever, you know, and, um, unfortunately we place those traumas onto someone else that probably don't deserve it. But the fear of something happening to my daughters was something that I was like, um, I'm not going to be well, you know, but that sometimes create other issues of insecurities within within them and self esteem and all this other stuff. So we just kind of constantly keep uh, perpetuating this pattern if we don't get the help that we need. Uh, hopefully, while our kids are young, um, so that we don't place it on them. But like I said, it took me some time before that even popped up. Like I mean, it rose up like it was fresh risen bread. And then I had to deal with it. And I think it was because uh, there was a case, I think I heard of a kid that was 
sexually abused, raped or something. And that just triggered something in me. And from that point on, it, it continued to be um, something that I, I pay attention to and can't even imagine. So, you know, like I said, if that's something that you're dealing with or maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol. You know, there's so many reasons why people turn to alcohol, alcohol drugs, sex, robbing, stealing. Sometimes these are just behaviors of something. You know, sometimes the richest person rob, steal something, you know, not rob, but they steal something. But why? And sometimes it's just to satisfy something yearning inside of them. And I want to encourage you that um, not only just to seek counseling, not only just to uh, be real with yourself, but you have to be okay with what you didn't have control over. You really have to be okay with that part. And that's hard because it it keeps playing back or, or something triggers that and you have to say, it's okay. It's okay because what we can't do is go back and take time. We only move forward. So what do you do to uh, lessen the triggers? What do you do to move forward where those thoughts uh, don't control or consume your next move? You have to do something. So I started Me Time. Not just the podcast, but I started Me Time of going off with the with the ladies. And I did a few, I think two or three. Uh, one was with uh, just some friends, um, some females. Uh, um, I should say that with some females. The second one was some uh, other females that I know and daughters, uh, queens and princes. And it was it's important for our kids to see us as women interact and that's when we're just taking like two days or something and we're going away to retreat somewhere um, at a hotel or resort and we're just cooking and and watching tv and having fun uh it's important for them to show that there's no competition there shouldn't be because we're all broken vessels if we all have to sit here and really tell our stories some people's stories are so deep and hurtful that they can't tell the story so what you want to do is um Sometimes it's it's nice to get around other women or go for a retreat um, with trusted people. And that matters. That's a, that's a key one there. They have to be trusted, like-minded people. And it doesn't mean that you don't want to reach everybody. That's good. But if you have a circle where there's no trust, it's hard for people to share. You know? And, and that makes it harder to have a balance in the group that you have. Uh, no matter what, you, you know, you're going to have somebody who's um, optimistic, pessimistic, negative, positive. You know, you're going to always have the opposite. But a lot of times people are crying out and we need to listen. Because if you look at the uh, suicide statistics, I did a research recently, and I, I want to say it was for 2019 at least, the last one I remember, 2019 or 2020. And every year, there's like 46,000 people who are taking their life. Think about that. 46,000 people who said, I'm out of here. I'm checking out. That's 46,000 families who were dealing with some type of anguish from a decision that was made. 
you know, not to be selfish of that. I'm just saying it's just someone is dealing with some type of trauma, some, some type of depression, some something that ails them, some pain, some memory, heartbroken hearted. And with the, with the pandemic on top of that, uh, that, that's increased. So I don't know what the statistics is like for the past two years, but I know that there's a lot of people in a, in a bad place. So with Me Time Podcast, I just want you to know if you need help, contact the suicide uh, hotline, contact your maybe a pastor or a spiritual advisor, contact the best friend. Sometimes friends, sometimes all uh, somebody needs is just your presence, not to even talk, just your presence. Or maybe you need to seek counseling. It's okay. It is truly okay to say I'm not well and and know that you're not being judged. We all deal with something of our past that has dictated our future. So I had to go hard to go get my education and, and achieve that and walk. You know, high school was missing for me, you know, because I, I went through it, but <laughs> probably no kid left behind. I probably should have been left behind somewhere. Um, just putting things on the back burner because distractions in life happens. It doesn't matter when you finish as long as you finish. You know, some kids want that four-year degree. It took me, I mean, I got out of school in 1987 to the point that they just had a, a alumni gathering and I'm just getting my degree. Yes, I work in the field, you know, of, of medical, so... Could I make more money? I, I, absolutely. Do I love what I do? I have a, like it, a good, strong light for it. Am I where I'm supposed to be? No. I think there were some detours and forks in the road. But at some point in time, you got to get back on purpose. You got to get back on plan. You have to make sure that you, you know that you're walking into your destiny. Because those distractions that we had along the way... Those are supposed to be the roadblocks. Sometimes we just don't want to be bothered because we got so much going on. We take another route. Still going to get there. It's just going to take you longer. So with that being said, you know, I love y'all for listening. Hopefully it wasn't something that's, you know, repetitive. Something that, oh my God, here we go again. You know, me too. No, it's not about the me too. No, not, not about the me too. I'm in charge of my life and not not with me alone, just to let you know. I serve a mighty God. Um, but if it wasn't really for the grace of God, if it wasn't in those dark times and places that my faith pulled me out of, I wonder if I could have been one of those 46,000. Make you think, right? Um not saying that anybody is suicidal, but I think many times people have suicidal thoughts. And we have to be careful because that thought can become an action. You know? So keep your head up, people. Thank you for listening. I hope you chime back in sometime soon. Me Time Podcast with Mia. Take care. Love y'all. Mwah.